Next to the stage, I would like to welcome a gentleman who told last month a really touching story, who I think at the door was like, I don't have a story. He lied, he did, and he's back. And his name is Kyle. Welcome to the stage. (laughs) Okay, this adventure actually starts with one of my sons. I have four sons, actually. My third oldest, when he was 15, decided he wanted to run the Columbus Marathon. I had him going. And, but about six weeks before the marathon, he got sick and couldn't compete. So he comes to me and he said, hey, Dad, I got a cool idea. How about you run the marathon for me? <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but most people looking at me, their first thought isn't, I bet he likes running marathons. <laughs> but six weeks later, there I was, with 17,000 of my newest friends at the starting line at the 26.2 mile Columbus Marathon. And a cannon goes off and I take off. And it starts pre-dawn, it was kind of raining, and powerful headwinds coming straight at us. Now I had heard that if you hit these headwinds, what you want to do is find somebody your size or bigger and draft off them. So I start looking around, and there ain't nobody my size or bigger. So I just hunker down and I keep running and I'm pushing and then I start hearing this sound like a group of people about to pass me. So I look and there's nobody passing. So I just keep going. I keep hearing the sound and I keep looking and there's nobody there. Finally, I look behind me and there's nine people in a perfect line using me as their windshield. They follow me for two miles until I have to stop and go into Porta John. And I come out and they're standing there. They waited for me. So I come on and we keep going. Finally, the course makes a turn. We get out of the headwinds. Everybody disperses. And I just keep going and I'm pushing and get, get seven miles, 10 miles, get to the hardest part of the marathon 13 miles. That's the hardest part, because you still got more than 13 miles to go, but at Columbus, 80% of the runners are only doing the half. So like everybody around you is turning, and there's great big finish line. And there's people up and down the streets going, you're almost there, you got this, you got this. And I'm going, shut up, no, I don't. Freaks. And you gotta just keep going past the beer and, and the finish line and the beer and the people and the beer and the, and the beer. And, and then right in front of me is the first hill of the marathon. And it's like, what idiot city planner put a hill right in the middle of my marathon? But I'm not gonna let it beat me, so I just charge up at full speed going, ah! And, and I get up the hill, about kills me, and I keep going, and this guy comes running up beside me, so the runner. And he said, hey man, you look pretty cool. And I said, you too. He said, no, man, I'm serious. You look just like Philiades going up that hill. I said, who, who the hell is that? And he said, oh, you don't know, he's, he's like a hero. He's an ancient Greek warrior that this is all about. He ran nonstop from Marathon to Athens to warn of an invading army, and he saved the day. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a Greek warrior, huh? 
And I start running faster, stand up taller. And he said, yeah, man, that's where 26.2 miles comes from. It's where his heart exploded and he fell over dead. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? So I ran faster to get away from this idiot. And I keep going. Mile 20. Now I'm hurting. And at mile 20, you hit this thing they call the wall. And I don't know what I hit, but I hit something. And like this tidal wave of pain comes all over me. And every part of my body is just screaming in agony. And the weirdest part is I made a sound. And I don't even know what the sound was. Actually, I didn't even hear it. But at that moment, there's about 10 people running around me. And when that thing hit, all 10 of them simultaneously turned and stared right at me with expressions of total shock and horror. So to this day, I don't know if I like exploded like a foghorn or squealed like a pig, <laughs> but I just kept going, but now I'm hurting and I need another focus. I got more than six miles to go. So I look out as far ahead as I can see and I see this other runner, a girl, long blonde hair. She's got these like neon pink shorts on and that's my focus. <laughs> And I now focus on her, and if I can just get every step, just get like an inch closer to her, and she will pull me through this marathon. And I'm, I'm running and just focusing on her. Mile 25. I got this. Only about a mile to go. Girl in pink, she's only about 50 feet in front of me. When suddenly, she just stops. She just stops. And she wanders off to the side, drops down on the uh, curb, and all these spectators come around her. And as I keep running past her, I look at her, and she's crying. And she's holding her legs and saying, I can't do this. I give up. I can't go another step. And the spectators are saying, oh, it's okay. You should still be proud. You did a great job. And I kept running, and as I ran, I knew those spectators were wrong. She was going to regret that for the rest of her life. Because out there on that course, we weren't really competing against each other. We're competing against ourselves. We're competing against our fears, our doubts, our inhibitions. And in that race, you must never, ever give up. See, the reason I was out there running all those miles with my son's name on my shirt is that six weeks earlier, my son had collapsed at school. And he was rushed to the hospital. And that is when we found out that he had advanced stage four, leukemia. And as I ran that race, my son was in the hospital on chemotherapy in a race for his very life. So there was no way I could quit. That morning, at the start of the race, as I waited, my son had called me. And he said, hey, Dad. Chemo and cancer, they both tear my heart and my body to shreds until my body just can't go any further. And it's at that moment when my body is about to give up that my heart steps in and will carry me to the finish. And as I thought about his words and I kept running 
and I could now hear the screaming crowds of the finish line. And I thought about what he said, and I knew what I needed to do. So I turned around and went back for the girl in pink. And I ran to her, now with hundreds of people running right at me. Get out of my way! I'm going, and so, some guy on the sidelines yelled, Hey, man, I think that's the wrong way! Thanks for the clue, Sherlock. And I got to the girl in pink, and I said, Come on, come on, you got to finish. And she said, I can't. My legs, they're finished. They're done. I said, Then don't run with your legs. Run with your heart. And she took my hand, and we continued together, walking at first, and then we picked up a running a good pace. Finally, we made that last turn, and 300 yards in front of us is that glorious finish line with the balloons, the flags, the screaming crowds. And I looked at her, and I said, you and me, we got this. We're going to cross that finish line together. And she looked at me, and she said, not if I get there first. And she bolted. <laughs> what are you doing? So I take off after her in an all-out sprint. My body's screaming, you moron. What are you doing? But there's no way she's going to beat me because this is my race. No way she's going to beat me. No amount of pain matters because I'm taking this. This is my race. So I'm going as hard as I can because this is my race. Yeah, yeah she actually beat me. Um, <laughs> It was ridiculous, like five feet in front of me, she crossed that finish line. And I crossed right behind her. I said, what is your problem? What's wrong with you? And she turned around, and she runs up and gives me a hug and kisses me right on the lips. And she's actually, she was a really good kisser. <laughs> so I said, yeah, we're, we're cool. Everything's fine. It's, it's, uh, I'm happy now. And, and then she turns around and runs off and, to a bunch of friends. And I call my son at the hospital. He answers and I said, and I did it. 26.2 miles, nothing. Been there, done that, and I killed it. And I will tell you, the most amazing moment of my entire life, the most incredible adrenaline rush I've ever experienced was actually not at that finish line. It was 18 months later in a hospital room with my son, when the doctor said those leukemia cells were dying, he was going into remission. My son turned to me and he said, I did it, Dad. Cancer. Been there, done that. And I killed it. Let's keep it going for Kyle.